I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 222 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And this week, we have the audio version of last week's Signals from Mars live stream. The live stream happens every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. in the UK. And for anyone in continental Europe, it's at midnight between Friday going into Saturday. Um, this week we have Mr. Chris Sinzak, best known for co-hosting the Decibel Geek podcast and being the person behind the Rock and Pod Expo. Now I've been working on both of those websites for the last few years, and um, yeah, I guess Chris would be like my first client for my web design stuff. Um, going back a few years, I've been going back and forth with various people about that these uh, past few weeks as I've kind of made it official that I've launched my web design business. If you want to check out what I've going on, you could definitely go to VM as in Mary, R as in Robert, I, T as in Tobias, <laughs> dot com, VMRIT. Dot com and check out you can check out my portfolio and all the different things that I offer right there in the portfolio you'll see links to sites that I'm currently or that are currently active that I've put together for people uh, that are live there are others that I'm currently working on for people at the moment and there are a bunch of example links at the bottom or example sites to different uh, different styles of pages different things there's some pretty cool stuff that I think I put together. Um, but anyway, if you're looking to have any type of web design work done or need to have content created for a blog or for social media or whatever, just hit me up. That's what I'm all about. So um, that's what I'm all about from a business side of things or what I'm trying to get done. So there you go. Just trying to pay the bills, trying to put food on the table and uh, trying to do the best that I can to kind of shill my uh my own self here so um yeah uh, i don't want to do this on too many occasions but since i've gone through all the trouble of all the linkedin and all that stuff and you know trying to post stuff on various freelance websites i figured well why not do it here at least once there there may be some sort of a commercial in the future we'll see but something that's short and sweet and doesn't annoy people so um, another way that I pay the bills and keep the lights on and, and all that good stuff is Patreon. We have a small but dedicated uh, following. We have a growing following. It is a troll-free environment. And if you haven't checked it out, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Mars Attacks podcast. Um, and, you know, I post videos daily. I post um, a, a, an album of the week, which is me unboxing 
unboxing or just showing you something cool from my collection. Could be a, a vinyl that I recently received. For example, today I shot all of January and in doing so, I um, uh, I opened up a bunch of recent albums that I re that I received. So it was all current stuff. Other times I go back into the archives per se and pull out things that I think are kind of unique or kind of cool. Um, I've even done cassettes. I've done CDs. So a little of everything. Kind of cool, at least in my opinion. And the patrons seem to like it. I also do various polls and questions and things like that. Uh, oh, there's also the Victor M. Ruiz podcast, which is just me talking about recent hard rock and metal events. I go through some websites, what I used to do when the live stream was a solo show. So there you go. If you enjoy that stuff, as little as two bucks a month will get you in. Just go to either patreon.com forward slash Mars Attacks podcast or go to MarsAttacksRadio.com and there's a link in the menu at the top and all the way at the bottom of every page that will link you to Patreon. Another way that you can support me is by sharing and liking anything that you see me post on the various social media platforms. Uh, if you follow me, I will follow you back and I try to be as interactive as possible. You can reach out to me on any of those platforms, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, so on and so forth. And I'm pretty accessible on all of them. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, so that's just as important. Sharing, liking, uh, letting, you know, tagging people that you've seen in an interview if you're a fan of theirs and you, you know, say, hey, I enjoyed your interview with so-and-so and tag, you know, the podcast and tag their band or whatever. Tag the person that that was in the episode that you listened to. Uh, that helps tremendously as well. You know, it makes PR people decide to allow me to interview other bands that they have in their roster. Um, it helps bands come back on if they were kind of iffy to begin with. And the cool thing is for the most part, I've never heard anyone say, you know what? I'm not coming back on your show for the most part. People leave the show and I don't know if it's BS or what, but for the most part, people seem to like what I set up to talk to them about. I like to just make, and I keep saying this, just interesting conversations about music. And it doesn't have to be about personal stuff. I know some people are always trying to, to you know, get that clickbait headline. And, and yeah, I'm going to be the one that, that I'm going to get so-and-so to open up and tell me about why I fired so-and-so from the band. Um, he's got a rapport with this other person who he's known for 50 years. Why would he say it to someone that he's interviewing for the first time or that's interviewing them for the first time? I, I don't, I don't get that. I, I don't get that at it. You know, that, that hoo -hoo, I gotcha, you know, type of, um, uh, journalism. I don't know. I don't know how else to call it, but um, it sucks because that ends up screwing what I do up. I've had people tell me, hey, you know, I 
haven't wanted to, you know, or a PR person. Yeah, they they haven't wanted to do your show because they've heard this or they heard or they've heard that, you know. And it's like, well, if they've actually listened to the episode, they'll know that it's like a relaxed conversation. It's really not anything beyond that. So I don't know. Um, so yes, so sharing and liking on social media helps. Um, I'm starting to see people that prefer to watch the video versions of all of these interviews as well. And I'm trying to set up other interviews in the coming weeks, which hopefully you guys uh, will be interested in tonight. I will be talking to Bob Nalbandian. So that will be the next podcast that follows this one. Knock on wood, hopefully next week. Um, but yeah, after dealing with a shit sandwich of a week, like a lot of us, <laughs> who knows what next week will bring us. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. I genuinely appreciate the fact that you take the time out to make me part of your day. Thank you for doing that. I really, really tremendously appreciate it. And whether you're listening to this well, obviously, if you're listening to this, it's the replay of the live stream. If you can make the live stream and and you know jump in on the chat and become part of the the, the family there, uh, that's awesome. Uh, if you can't because of time or whatever, that's cool too. You know, if, if you're listening, if you can only check out the podcast or prefer to check out the YouTube video once I upload it, all of that's great. All of that works. So any way you can support is greatly appreciated. So I thank you, and I will see you next time. Here's the interview. Welcome, everyone, to the... May 28th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. I'm your host, Victor. As usual, we are brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast. Uh, you will find this episode in audio form in roughly a week on the Mars Attacks podcast. Joining me today is Mr. Chris Sinzak, uh, best known for his work uh, soloing all over, uh, well, not soloing. He's actually got the, the dual guitar solos. He's like Adrian Smith and Dave Murray on a decibel geek podcast there. And, um, he's Mr. Rockin' pod. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are good. you? How are you? I'm doing well. I want to say hello to everyone in the chat as well. We have Jeremy in the UK. We have Jose up in Connecticut joining us and, um, Again, I kind of cut you off there. So good to hear that you are doing well. Um, we are roughly two months, two months and a week away from Rock and Pod. Yep, it's uh, right around the corner. It's uh, actually, if you go to Nashville Rock and Pod Expo.com, you will see the exact countdown. Which, had I been prepared, I would have had that open. <laughs> Two months, eight days, four hours, 57 minutes, and 15 seconds, folks. 
Yeah. That uh, when we get down to the last week, that countdown clock's going to give me a heart attack every day. I'm sure. <laughs> I was going to say the countdown clock explodes, but yeah. hopefully it's not your heart. It's just yeah, I know. Yeah, having two two months still, I'm, I'm okay right now. I'm still holding it together. How like around when do you start to really get flustered? Um, once we get into July, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll probably that it'll 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 really crank up then. I mean, I've got I'm I mean I'm not flustered. I'm I'm so I'm pretty overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that's still we still have to do. But you know, right. But that's just par for the course. I I think I get better at handling it a little bit more each year though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By far, I, I I can attest to this having worked on the uh, website for what the last three years, uh, four years technically, four. but since last year didn't happen. That's right. But I can attest to the fact that there hasn't been a uh, uh, the with George Car. There was there's this old George Carlin quote that I use from time to time where he says, "I'm pregnant. You're the father, and I'm going to kill all three of us." And he comes back with calm down, have some dip. We haven't had one of those moments really yet this year where other years right from the get go, you know, that Mm -hmm. takes place. But I think also given that you've been working with rock and pod for these many years already, it's, it is only a few years, but at the same time, word is getting out there. People are getting to know the expo. So it's also, it seems to me from the outside looking in that it's easier to try to go after people and convince them what rock and pot is all about now, yeah. as opposed to even, you know, the last edition that took place back in 2019. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's less of me explaining what exactly it is. I mean, that that's, you know, the first two, three years, that was like the hardest thing was, and there's sometimes I still have a hard time describing because there's so many different facets to it. Cause it's kind of a, it's a fan convention. It's a trade show. It's a, you know, it, there's concerts, there's other events uh, you know, there's a lot going on. I just call it a weekend celebration of rock and roll and, and music podcasting. But, um, but yeah, that it seems like we're getting more well-known every year. Definitely the, we've had more excitement for this one than we ever have before. I mean, it, uh, Right. And, you know, maybe the year off and everybody ready to get out of the house. I'm sure that had an effect on it, too. But, it, sure. you know, I, you know, over the last year, I've been also worried, like, well, you know, maybe people forgot about it. You know, maybe people are going to be like, oh, I went the first couple of years. I don't need to go this year. And I, right. I was afraid there's going to be less people that would be interested. But it's it's been pretty overwhelming. I mean, like we've you know, we've got more guests. We've got more podcasts and uh, Internet radio shows this year. And um, VIP sales are now done. We've sold out of those. We've met our, uh, we've met our contractual obligation with the hotel, but there are still rooms in the block left and we we're happy to keep filling those rooms. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're, uh, we're way, way ahead of where we were two years ago. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and you said that VIP tickets are sold out, but they're sold out for regular guests. They're sold out for podcasters as well. So there, you know, there's a lot of stuff that isn't available to people. I know there are a few people that I've had discussions with behind the scenes that came up to me or, you know, messaged me, Hey, you know, um, can I still get on board with, uh, you know, to do this or to do that? And you flat out told me, no, those, those are gone. We have no space. We can't do it. You know? Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm, that's the, unfo- I mean, I, I, I hate saying no to people and, but you know, it's one of those things where 
when you got to look at how much space you have and, and, you know, how many shows you can, you can realistically fit into, you know, the ballroom and the area you have. Right. Um, but I mean, if, if you're a podcaster though, and you're watching this though, I mean, you can still come. It's the, 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 the part that sold out is the podcaster platinum ticket, which is basically the ticket that allows you to have your own table and to get into the interviews and stuff. But, um, but we still have good stuff for, for podcasters that they want to come. You know, we, we have the education track. We're going to have several really cool speakers, that are going to be, uh, you know, sharing how to grow your audience, how to monetize your show, or if you want to get into podcasting, how to just start a show, your gear set right. up and all that stuff. And that's if you can register as a podcaster for that. We're also going to have like a, a and for all pocket with like a basic and a gold package still available for that. And also um, we're going to do a uh, podcaster cocktail mixer on Friday before everything starts. So if you're a registered podcaster, right. you can come to that. It, it's really the first event of, of the weekend and it's pretty exclusive. It's just the, to the people that register podcasters. And, and that's probably the most fun for a lot of people because it's everybody kind of getting their boots on the ground and getting to interact with everybody. Um, so we're still, there's still good value if you're a podcaster, but also um, the VIP things went fast, but uh, there's still, t- you know, plenty of general admission and early admission tickets. And that still gets you into the expo. That still gets you access to the live podcast sessions. You can, see all the main stage panels, access to the vendors and all that stuff there. So there's still, you know, there's still room for people. It's just the higher exclusive stuff is, is sold out right now. Gotcha. Okay. And these are some of the podcasts or the, not some, these are the podcasts that will be there. They're listed in order of confirmation that they would appear. Uh, Ages of rock mama, Mary's metal mayhem an Obscura podcast, the Slamfest podcast. Look, it's rock and roll. The rock and metal, rock and metal profs, professors, I guess. Yeah. Um, State of uh, America, America, the Black Rose podcast. Black yeah, I, I don't get paid to to read. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the, I should have sent you that uh, video that I created the other day that has all the logos and stuff on it. I, we should have just played that. We could have just played that. See, <laughs> hindsight is always twenty twenty. Look at that. Um, Asylum Radio Network, and I can actually do this. Um, I'm trying to be Mister Fancy Pants here, and then it turns out that uh, that I could have just done this this instead. Um, what are you going to do? This here. Uh, well, and we still have some logos to add to this too, though. Okay. Well, if the boss doesn't tell me to add logos, I don't add logos. That's, that's on me, not on you. <laughs> hey, David. The Asylum Radio Network, The Kiss Room, A to Z Radio, Let It Rip, Disciples of the Watch, Cobras and Fire, The Plug, Artifact, Mistress Carrie. Uh, Rachel's Rock Refuge, Midwest Metal Show, The Metal Summit, All Things Blues and Southern Rock, Music City Mayhem, Metal Sly Dog Music Cast, Rock The Rocker Life, and 97 Underground. What other podcasts are we missing? Oh, there's there's several that we need to add to this to that page. It just it's okay. just been a matter of getting getting everything to you so we can get it updated. But that'll be updated this in the next few days. Okay, cool. Um, 
And I just added two new guests today, which are Toby Wright and Andre LaBelle, who are both returning to Rock and Pod. Um, yeah, excited to have both of those guys back. You know, Toby, it was a little touch and go because he's no longer living in the Nashville area, but really, really wanted to come back. And we, we made it work and we, we're getting him back out here. And so he gave up the, uh, the Nashville way of life for the uh, sun and fun of California. Yeah, move, move back to L.A. I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's getting tired of all the Californians being in Nashville and he needs to go back to California where there's Maybe. less Californians. That'd be funny if that's if it was like being like reverse, you know, <laughs> you know, the reverse of what happened. Everybody ends up moving back. Right. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah. So I can. Well, we confirm those two today. You send you sent the information to me. I posted it. Um, are there still any guests to be named? Yes, there are. OK. Um. I, I will not try to pry the information from you. I, I don't want to uh, TMZ you here. I, I don't want to do, like uh, do I would like to do it, but I get so much grief from the guys on my own stream that they're like, well, we'll just get you drunk and then you'll, you'll just spit out who's coming. And, and I've got put my foot in my mouth a few times, so I don't, I don't want to spoil you? anything. So yeah, I, we, we got some, we got some good ones coming up soon though. I know of two, but I won't give those. Yeah, away. I know. Yeah, you know, I think you know more than that. I, I may have told you about more than that, but uh, I did Facebook message you that podcaster logo video. I don't know if you can play it though. Okay, uh, let me but, see. Uh, it'd be cool to see it played on here if, if you're able to. Yeah, yeah. But, no um, <laughs> um, okay. I don't. I don't. You know, I didn't want to spoil it, but I. I just want to mention that Chris has arranged for the original. Well. The original members of Mini Kiss to be at the expo. <laughs> no, can't do that. That would be a problem. It would be a small problem, but it would be, it would be a problem. <laughs> um, hey, those guys did a Dr. Pepper commercial. I can't afford them. Well, we're talking about real celebrities here. Yeah, those are real celebrities right there. And David <laughs> Cathy says, dang, I was going to get go out to get drinks, but now I can't use that excuse. Um, if it's between looking at me and Victor and getting drinks, I think you made the wrong choice, but that's, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> All right. Oh, there so, it is. Here we go. It's got sound on it. Does it? Why does yeah, the sound? Oh, I because put, I put like fancy music. To it. <laughs> All right, here we go. And Mr. Sinzak has just effectively demonetized this video. Um, No, that's that's copyright free music. (laughs) I made sure. I was assuming I'm just (laughs) busting your ass. Um, 
David David Cathy's is that how you pronounce it or David Cathy? Mm-hmm. David Cathy. Okay, Cathy. Good evening, sir. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe after looking at us, maybe he's doing that. Maybe he's looking at us first so that it entices him to drink even more later. It sure would me. I know that. <laughs> um you you've mentioned also that this is an entire weekend extravaganza. Um it is as you've said a celebration. Sorry, you say that and I think of Charlie Murphy and Rick James. But um <laughs> celebration. <laughs> Friday you mentioned the uh get together beforehand but you also have the pre-party for the expo. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. we'll have um Tommy formerly of Tesla and his New band resistant bite playing. Plus, um, it was, it's also um, Ron Keel Acoustic. Ron Keel Acoustic and the headliner. Well, well, resistant bites technically the headliner, but the, okay. the closing out the night will be uh, one of Tyson Le- Leslie's rare hair jams. It's going to be probably about a hundred different players doing you know several songs over an hour and a half and. Uh, Several of the expo guests are going to get up and, and do songs and some of them from doing songs from throughout their catalog. So it'll be a, uh, it'll be cool. And Tommy's band is, they're going to do obviously their own uh, original material, but they will do several Tesla songs at that show. So that should be pretty cool. Okay. So w- will we be hearing any uh, Primer 55? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Um and 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 a shout out and congratulations to uh, Mr. Toomey for making it to Notfest. That's huge. Yeah, I know. I'm waiting for him to cancel on Rockin' Pod because he's too big for it now. <laughs> now he's one of the big dogs. He is. Yeah, getting to go to festival shows and everything, getting you know, and getting major press. But uh, no, I'm I'm very happy for him, and uh, yeah. I'm I'm excited for him. He's worked really hard for this, so yeah, he. Check out to talk to me, and uh, he's got a thing called is it called like a throwback, throwback Thursday or something or throwback Thursday on Notfest. Um, Notfest, yeah, yeah. He's one of he's one of the newest additions, and it's funny because you know obviously I know him through you. Um, I've had him a few times on my podcast, and I was just recently trying to get him back on, and before all of this kind of happened, but a lot of the other people that were announced along with him um like uh alicia atut i guess her name is um it's someone who's been on tv and had national Mm -hmm. coverage and you know she's very well known in canada and whatnot because she's canadian and she's part of that group that just went into not fast with Toomey. so it's kind of cool to kind of say you know it's one of our boys that's getting in you know Mm -hmm. or so I think it's really yeah, and cool. I'm, uh, I'm hoping he'll get a plug for Rock and Pot in there somewhere. As, if, as long as they'll allow it, that would be nice. That would be awesome. Well, <laughs> have have him uh, have him wear Rock and Pod paraphernalia. You need to dress him up, uh, Rock and Pod caps, t-shirts, yeah. um, waiter jackets, anything from the waist up. Anything you think that can be, you know, incorporated from the waist up, do it. Yeah, that would be cool. I yeah, I 
I was really excited to hear that news for him. And I think he's pretty blown away by it, but yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's earned it. He's worked hard for it. So I, uh, I'm yeah. my, my hat's off to him. I'm really excited for him, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him coming back this year. Yeah. I'm just, we have, we have a lot of new shows coming this year and I'm obviously mm-hmm. excited to meet them, but, uh, you know, a lot of several, you know, several of the, uh, previous podcasts are coming back and which always makes it like a family reunion, you know? And, uh, right. I found out uh, yesterday that uh, our friend Sonny Pooney is actually going to be coming back this year. I didn't think he was going to make it this time, but oh, he's, cool. he's coming back and he's bringing his wife. So uh, he, I expect him to be divorced by this time next year. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't uh, drink, so maybe he'll get out of, out of it unscathed. Okay. Ages, well, Ages of Rock started after the first Rock and Pod, didn't it? No, they Wasn't were they as- were they were there as podcast the first year. Okay, so I'm mixing you're them thinking up. Thinking of uh, growing up, rock. Growing up, rock. Growing up, yeah. rock formed after being at Rock and Pod. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's, <laughs> unless I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. Yeah, yeah, that's we had a few a few shows have come out of people hanging out at Rock and Pod. It's it's been cool. So that's that that's like when people go away on vacation and come back pregnant. They ended up having uh, growing up, rock. Well, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's getting pregnant at Rock and Pod. I could be wrong, but <laughs> well, you know. I'm no, I'm saying <laughs> I know new I'm, shows I'm came along. I'm I'm not yeah. saying that you know un, un, until until you start getting a, I don't want to say a younger demographic where you know, but most of most of us that I We're think are old are children, grew, yeah, <laughs> it's more more likely that grandkids will come out of this than. Actual kids, but anyway, I have been uh, I have been excited to see more female ticket buyers this year. So we'll actually have more women in the house this year, which is nice because wow. it has been a bit of a sausage convention in the uh, the previous years. Not that there's anything wrong with a guy, you know a bunch of guys, but it's nice to have a, a variety of people there. Didn't at least one or two people criticize the fact that it was all black t-shirts and overweight guys? The first year or second year. If you're criticizing that, I guess you never go to any rock or metal shows because that's pretty much what that is. <laughs> rock or metal shows or any, yeah, rock yeah. in general. I mean, it's it's a bunch of us that go to rock shows meeting up. So what what, what else would you expect it to be? Um, yeah. But now, and we have some younger people that that do podcasts and internet radio shows coming this year. So. It's uh, it's gotten more diverse as the years have gone on. So that's been exciting. But yeah, it's. It's uh, it's been great, and uh, yeah, a lot to look forward to. It's gonna be a, a really fun. I, I, there's certain things I want to announce that I can't right away, but um, there's gonna be some really cool stuff this year. And he's saying he can't because there's someone holding a gun behind, you know, off camera. We can't see it. Yeah. So that's that's why he's many vets, and he finally had enough. I'm just kidding. Oh boy, um, I didn't, there are a few names that I don't want to bring up tonight. Uh, but you matter. had to you had to broach the situation. Wow. He's having his uh I guess he's having his his new bash this weekend from what I Is I've he? So yeah, so yeah. So he's downtown at SIR right now, I guess. He's he's currently um he's got pen to paper right now writing lyrics. Is that it? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. For $3,500 a pop. Isn't that what it was? Yeah. How many, how many of them are his actual handwriting? Do you think? And how many are actually someone else that wrote them in their Xerox? <laughs> <in them? laughs> no, I, I think, 
let's get off this subject. <laughs> no, it's uh, no, it's uh, although I'm not doing my live stream tonight, so we might as well talk about whatever we would have talked about. But no, it's uh, I think it's his writing. But I mean, who the who the hell's going to order thirty five hundred dollars sheets of paper with him writing stuff on it? I don't I don't think it's happening. Um, you are talking about his fan base. You know, Stranger Things. How many? Well, you know, you know, six people. You know, maybe one of them will do it. That's you know, kind of what I'm getting at. If yeah, uh, you know, ultimately there, ultimately there will be at least one person that will dip into that. What is it? One twenty five for both the kiss and the uh, no, nobody invasion lyrics. No, there's no way. Nobody's gonna give him that kind of money. How how is Kiss not stopping him from doing this? Is that because he's flying so far under the radar that they haven't, you know, the lawyers haven't gotten involved? Because if he hasn't written <laughs> some of these lyrics, because he's just saying that mm. it's just Kiss lyrics. So if Paul Stanley or Gene Simmons say, I wrote those lyrics, then he, you know, he'd have to share the profits with well, them. I mean, well, what are they going to do? I mean, there's no, he's not, he doesn't have any money anyway. So, oh, I'm sure that they, they keep tabs on what goes on. I know there's people that report this stuff back to, to Paul and Gene. Um, is it possible that this is his way of paying to get to the end of the road? To be part <laughs> of the floor? No. <laughs> oh, man. there, there'll be, I can guarantee world peace in the Middle East before that ever happens. That's not happening. Democrats and Republicans will unite as one before that happens. <laughs> um, since I brought up the end of the road, you know, Doc McGee has been saying that Ace and Peter will show up. You know, I ha- I kind of think that it's more likely that we'll see Bruce Kulick playing with them before we see Ace and Peter. Oh, yeah. I don't. Ace and, I don't think Ace and Peter get on a stage with them. The only way it would happen would be if they absolutely know that, you know, X date at X location in New, in New York is going to be the final yep. show. Yep. And they really want to go out and, and just say, let's let bygones be bygones and end on a high note for the fans. Maybe. But even that, I think, is a pretty, low, pretty big long shot. There's just, there's just a lot of hurt feelings there between those guys. And they can't even get Ace and Peter to sit down for a fucking documentary. I mean, it's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. I, I just, it, well, I mean, and Vinny will not be part of it. I guarantee that. They, <laughs> the way Paul Stanley feels about Vinny to this day, and now Gene, after what happened in Nashville, not mm-hmm. that there's no way he'll never get invited to anything of theirs. But yeah. I think during the tour, Bruce is about the only one you could count on possibly showing up and getting on stage. Right. Um, the other thing you have to take into consideration, David just said it in the chat. They're both going to want a boatload of money to be involved. Oh, yeah. And maybe at the end of the day, Gene and Paul will say, hey, not for nothing, but we're selling out Shea Stadium without them. So mm-hmm. why do we have to cut them in on this? Well, and that and that's a lot. That's why I say it's still a long shot that they do it yeah. because it, that's probably going to be their way. Their way of thinking is. What do we need these guys for? They're bitter and they're going to want, you know, basically equal billing and, mm-hmm. and it's going to call and you know, the amount of shit talk that's going to come from everyone's camps leading up yeah. to it. You know, that happened with the hall of fame too. You know, there was, right. 
that you know is of anything you know not that i i don't give a fuck about the rock and roll hall of fame but at the same time it would have been nice if they could have you know buried the hatchet a little bit on that and you know the the hall of fame this is one time where i kind of agree with the hall of fame like they were inducting the four original members so once that was established i know paul had a problem with it they they said they want the originals to get up on stage and do a few songs and ace and peter were for doing it but Paul and Gene didn't, you know, didn't want to do it without Eric and Tommy, but mm-hmm. they should have done something. And and there was a lot of like verbal shit going back and forth between their camps in the weeks leading up to that. I remember that right. they were, and a lot more from Paul and Gene's side, actually. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're still resentful that a lot of people view Kiss as those four guys and not the other guys. Right. Well, also, you, you, just to play a little devil's advocate here, again, you know, before Unplugged, we all know that that almost never took place and they had to keep, you know, paying them more and more until they finally agreed to a price to actually appear. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened a few times during, you know, the various tours where, where they came back. So, I mean, on the flip side, was that Gene and Paul also their way of getting back at, at Ace and Peter and saying, look, you're in a position where we don't have to pay you shit. And this is our turn to, you know, throw up the middle fingers back at you this time and saying, this time you're not screwing us. Well, Connor, it's the whole situation is like, and you have multiple kids. So you'll know, you'll get this analogy really easily where you have two, you have, you know, your two children and you're not in the room where whatever, cause this fight goes down and they're yeah. slapping each other and you walk in <laughs> and then you you sit each one down and each of them give you a very valid argument right. for their side and then you're as a parent you're kind of like well damn you know how do i how do i decide who's the good guy and the bad guy here i feel that way with these guys you know if you talk to ace and peter and you sat them in a room together and said give us your side of the story they could probably make a pretty compelling case why gene and paul are the bad guys Mm-hmm. And then you do the vice versa, put Paul and Gene in a room and they'll do the same thing with Ace and Peter is, you know, everybody's got their, there's, there's black and white and there's a lot of gray in the, in this relationship. Yeah. So it's, you know, and, and, and especially society today, everybody wants everything in absolutes. So either you're a good guy or right. you're a bad guy. Well, <laughs> that's not that way with human beings. You know, everybody's yeah, got yeah, good, yeah. good and bad points. So I, you know, I can see, I can see both arguments, you know, and I don't blame Paul and Gene for continuing on, you know, if things aren't stable with uh, Peter and Ace and they still want to go out and they can still put people in arenas, which they can. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you blame them for doing it? They own the name, they own the characters. So, and Ace and Peter made the decision to sign those characters away. So Mm -hmm. they only have themselves to blame for that. Right. Do I think it's in good taste? No, I don't. I, I think it would have been better if, they gave them new characters or just dropped the makeup altogether. Or honestly, I think they should have retired several years ago, but that's more mm-hmm. due to Paul Stanley's voice than anything else. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've always looked at it this way from Gene and Paul's side of things too, is whether you want to knock them or not for, you know, maybe playing smaller venues or, you know, to places that aren't as filled Ace and Peter really haven't been able to play beyond theaters unless they're playing direct support to somebody else. 
So right. I, I also think that it's kind of overvalued by people to say, oh, look, you know, with Ace and, and Peter, they were able to sell out all these shows on this tour. Yes and no, because I think they're also doing a lot more shows than, than they necessarily have to do now. Whereas mm. when they did the, you know, the, the farewell tour and the original reunion tour and everything in between, I don't think they were playing as many dates as they were doing now. And that's even without Paul's voice being as shot. So I think like you're saying, there's a lot of different ways to look at things and it isn't as cut and dry. You know, it isn't as, you know, it isn't all absolutes. It isn't one guy's the absolute bad guy. No, there's, it's probably somewhere in the middle of everyone's story is where everything lies. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I'd love it if they do one last show and they bring everyone back, even Vinny. I mean, I don't care for the, him as a guy, but I, he's a huge part. He's a very important part of that band's history. So I think it would be cool to have him involved, get, get, even if he just goes up there and plays Lick It Up and just plays the chords or whatever. You know, it's just, <laughs> it, it, I'm not just, I'm not really making a joke there. I'm just, it's, you know, I don't know what his uh, ability level is because I'm not paying $500 to find out, but I don't know. I think, um, Bruce and Vinny and Ace and Peter should all be involved with that. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know who that it's going to be interesting to see what happens because, you know, after the, they were supposed to wrap everything up this July until mm-hmm. COVID hit. So now what, I mean, what are they going to do? Go into like 2023 now? I mean, it's, and can they really go that long? I don't know that they're going to be able to wrap it up the way they really want to wrap it up at this point. Yeah. Well, here's another thing. And I've thought about this more than once. You know, we obviously all know that they're not young guys. What if Gene or Paul, you know, something happens to them health wise Mm -hmm. and they just have, you know, and they can't do the duration of the tour. Like you're saying, you know, are they, are they still thinking of doing two years worth of touring, you know, or has it, no, you know, and what are the legal ramifications there? Cause I mean, imagine if they say, Hey, you know what? We can only do a year, a year. We'll do the festivals in Europe. We'll hit the big cities in the U S but then we're done. We can't do the secondary markets. We can't do, you know, we can all, we can only do 50 more shows and we're done. Um, do they end up having to pay, th- you know, to, to, to pay promoters or you know, given COVID and the uh, a force majeure, you know, um, mm-hmm. clauses in insurance, does that help them to say, hey, you know, look, a guy's 70 something years old, he can't go out there and physically do this anymore. So you can't sue him. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't, I gotta think that it, it gets pretty cutthroat behind this. I mean, I, what I do with Rock and Pod and the little stuff I put on compared to major events through like Live Nation, and I can't, imagine the amount of red tape and and stuff you have to go through because it's and it's a very and it's if you thought the business was gonna was cutthroat before i mean imagine mm-hmm. coming out of the, out of a pandemic now right it's gonna be even it's gonna be even harder so um but i mean with everything that went down over the past year i i mean yeah they would probably have to, it depends on if they have shows on the books that refunds would have to go out for i gotta think there would be some sort of penalty penalty to the band for that Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they can afford, they can afford it. I mean, it's, it wouldn't be a, the end of the world, but, uh, right. I don't think you you can't just wipe the slate clean and say, Oh, okay, guys go back to your mansions. We'll take care of all the refunds. I don't think it would work that way. They would have to pay right. something. I'm sure. 
Yeah. Um, if you had to guess, last Vinny question of the night, can he still play the solo to All Hell's Breaking Loose? I haven't really seen any profound evidence that he can. Um, and I know that from behind the scenes, when he played at the Cruise Fest thing a couple of years ago, you know, he showed up and he did do, he did lick it up and didn't do the solo and it, and he stayed on stage for cold gin, but he, that he didn't even get to rehearse with the band and he really looked freaked out at that. But I do know that he was supposed to play all hell's breaking loose with the band and he backed out. Huh? Well, I, I hope that's okay for me to share, but yeah. The, the, the riff out of those three songs that you mentioned, all hell's breaking loose is the, is the most complex of the three riffs. Oh yeah, for sure. So the solo isn't really technically that hard, but I, I don't know. There, there, it's a lot of like pull-offs and stuff. It's not the, and that's just, I don't know. I don't know if he can play. I mean, and then, you know, everybody, the people that I know that have gone to these events of his, I, you know, they, they claim that he can play just like the eighties, but I just, I don't know, man. I, Something something right. smells rot rot that whole thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um I gotta pull the this uh I gotta show this. All right. So somebody just chimed in on Facebook. We can't see who you are. So if you can <laughs> go to this link and just to prove so that your you know your identity is shared with us here in the in the chat. That's uh Facebook's funkiness there. So yeah, maybe they don't want us to know who they are. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're wearing some, no, I said I wasn't going to say anything else. So I won't. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) I I know he's going to, he's going to come up either way. And and I've had so many people bugging me this week about, you know, well, are you going to go to his thing this weekend? I'm like, no, (laughs) I I wouldn't be able to get in even if I wanted to, there's no way. (laughs) There you go. Um, well, where's, uh, where's, um, Jesus, I'm, I'm reading the chat and I'm brain farting, uh, while I'm talking to you here. What I meant to say is, were you aware of, I just saw this in the brave words group earlier today that, um, Gorn Edmund is basically saying that, uh, Vinny ripped him off that, yeah. he was supposedly auditioning for 14 days and those 14 days ended up being demos. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I've heard him talk about that before in an interview. Okay. He was, yeah, he is a pretty slick move on, on Vinny's part to get him out there to basically do a whole record for free. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I heard about that. And that, although the part from that, I did listen to the little clip and the part that I didn't know was that apparently while he was in town doing this, that he that like Vinny took the demos over to Chrysalis and said, Hey, I'm working with this great singer, Goran Edmund. You want to, you want to do something. And mm-hmm. that they essentially said, well, we just signed your band and don't want you. And so thanks, but no thanks. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, must've, that must've been awkward. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that, 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 that's if, if nothing else. Yeah. We, we, we just signed your band. Um, with, with with him thinking that, you know, they had no leg to stand on, but, uh, you know. 
that that was the extent of that conversation <laughs> with chrysalis <laughs> yeah <laughs> um he's promising music in the next 12 to 18 months how did this current this i came on to talk about rock and pod and this turned into a whole vin events at the sky you brought him up you brought yeah, him up. I, I brought him up for one line and then you just ran with it from there but that's all right um New music? No, never happens. Uh, and I love that he said twelve to eighteen months. Like what's the whole <laughs> right? <laughs> you just say you say that so you buy yourself a year and a half, right? And then by that point, people don't care anymore. That's uh, that 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 that's that's a crowdfunding move. Yeah, we'll get it to you any anywhere between you know twelve to eighteen months, and then if you're lucky, three years later it shows up. Um, a quiet riot documentary um oh i thought you were talking about a uh, kiss related book <laughs> um, <laughs> well it's another long story but uh no uh that'll <clears throat> it'll show up when his uh autobiography and the box set and uh what else did he have on the uh, you know the tour and yeah he says he's got a tour get the fuck out of here <laughs> not i i'll bet you a, i'll bet you five thousand dollars that that it doesn't come to fruition. Which one of those things? Pick one. <laughs> um, the thing he has the best shot at doing would be his book. Cause that doesn't require him play, playing any music. Okay. But the music that he's talking about is stuff that technically he recorded back in the nineties. You know, it isn't as if it's new music, you know, well, he's saying, I can't figure out. It's like, what, then what's the hold up? Just right. put it out. Then people put music well, out all the time. He's, he's got to convert it from two inch tape. And I was reading the whole thing. I'm like, when, when are these assholes going to learn that, you know, unless you're Dave Grohl or unless you're someone big who people can get behind and know that, okay, Dave Grohl has a Neve you know, um, mixing table and everything that he got from Sound City and so on and so forth. That's a big deal. But to the general public, like the average Kiss fan, they could care less if it's on two-inch tape, if it's on duct tape, if it's anywhere. They just want to hear the damn music. Well, he just, I don't know. He uh, he doesn't care about, I, I don't know. He, he all he cares about is money, but he it's the whole perfectionism thing or overthinking stuff where I think he enjoys making plans and making f- big flowery announcements mm-hmm. more so than, than actually delivering a pro. I don't think he really cares about delivering a product. He, he just likes seeing people get excited about it. I really right. think that's all it is. Yeah. Anyway, back to rock and bod. <laughs> See, you know, it's funny. I was I was going to bring up the fact that if there had been a birthday party this year, you guys could have extended down the hall with tables for podcasters. But I digress. Mm, gotcha. We well, we we are going to be doing some stuff at SIR this year on the the day after the expo. But I can that ties into a couple of guests that I can't say anything about just yet. See, so you're you're a tease. You're you're bringing up all right. So you're. You're teasing something at SIR. You're, mm-hmm. Can you talk about anything that's supposed to take place on Sunday? Well, I can. 
it's going to be a couple of uh, musician clinics. Okay. Like masterclass type stuff. And then, and then a live podcast with a couple of the guests that we're going to announce. Okay. I can, I, I have to leave it at that. I can't say anything else. Okay. But there are other things taking place on Sunday outside of that. Yeah. Well, there's going to be, um, <clears throat> at a place called the high watt downtown. Um, so we have for the expo coming in, we've got Craig gas, Don Jameson from that metal show and Courtney Cronin Dold coming back this year. And, um, <clears throat> they're going to do, they're going to be at the expo all day. And then, and Don's going to do his podcast live. And then, uh, also, um, Saturday night, we're going to be doing a special event that will only be for rock and pod ticket buyers, but it's, a, it's a movie screening, but you know, the, the tickets won't go on sale until a specific time and it's going to be very limited. So if you haven't bought a ticket, you have to buy a ticket to get, to even get access to buy a ticket for the movie screening, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave that alone, but they're going to do like a MST three K type of commentary thing. And that's going to be fun. But then Sunday they're booking a comedy show at a place called the high watt downtown, which is in the same building. We're doing the pre-party at, we're doing the pre-party at mercy lounge. And then the high watt is upstairs from that. And it's a comedy show with the three of them doing their own sets, but sorry. Hmm. Indigestion. Um, but, <laughs> but we, there's a thing that Courtney does out in LA called punchlines and backlines. And the, the basis for that is, the comedians do sets, but also they bring up a like notable rock musician or singer to do a stand-up set of their own. And they have to go okay. up in front of a crowd and do stand-up comedy. And they've done it in the past, like Chad Stewart from Faster Pussycats done it and several other people. Um, but they're bringing it here. <laughs> I see David Cathy's got, no, I'm not drinking today. Um, <laughs> but the, they're bringing it here and um, they're working on a special guest for that. Um but again, they haven't confirmed the guest they're working on. But if it if they get a yes, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be the one of the guitarists of uh, Primrose uh, Way. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't pay me enough money to do stand-up comedy. That 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 sounds completely frightening to me. I hate How getting up just to, doing the raffle at Rock and Pod. You, but you're not the only guitarist that was in the band. I didn't know the other guitarist. Well, the other, yeah, you really don't want the other guitarist getting up doing stand up comedy. I'll just say that. <laughs> Unless you're in a very uh, avant garde, batshit crazy comedy, you don't want that. Hey, uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, I love the guy, I love the guy, but it, I don't know if he's if stand up comedy is for him. All right, <laughs> long all right. story, long, long story. Um, I can always count on you and Toomey to bring up my band from high school that played to all of 50 people. It's, it's wonderful. Well, could be worse. There is video online of it, just so you know. Oh, there is. Yeah. Under no, the band bring, Don't bring it up on here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there is stuff on YouTube. We'll share it in the show notes, folks. So oh, that okay. way, have, yeah. have fun with that. See me and my... Uh, my leopard skin uh, guitar strap. Right. Play, playing grunge music with a mullet. Uh. Well, the the mullet is coming back into style. Didn't you see uh, who, who, what was the big uproar? The guy from um, Blur, um, Damon Alban or whatever his name is. He he had a mullet at some award show and people were, were going crazy. 
I'm thinking, you know, not for nothing, but you could have walked into any trailer park <laughs> and seen that hairdo wow. for the last 40 years. So I don't know if a guy that's in a band that's no longer in style sporting a haircut that's no longer in style makes it coming back in style, but I get it. Yeah. Well, you know, he's, he, he's, he's such a maestro in music between that and the gorillas and all the other nonsense he's put out. Um, yeah, I was uh, with Toomey. I brought up, I, I said, Hey, did, did you get that not fest gig just because you had a, a leopard print, um, bass strap, you know, there, <laughs> there has to be some pull. <laughs> oh yeah. There's some funny photos of Toomey from back in the day online too. <laughs> oh, there's, I've, I've seen him yeah. post a, a bunch. Oh, he, yeah. He's very upfront about it. He's, he's not afraid to, to shame himself. Yeah. Well, had to do what he had to do. You know, that was different time, different place. Well, when, I mean, when you claim the famous primer 55, so I mean, <laughs> I see why he wants to make fun of my band. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's not, he wa- was, he's not he, watching he, this anyway, so I don't care. <laughs> he, he, he was, he was in two other bands though. Was it, it was, it, um, no, he was in a, an amazing local Nashville band called 12 volt negative earth that I actually used right. to go see. Okay. They were, they were a fucking great band. He was also in another local band called Tall in Tokyo, and I think me and about four other people would remember them. But they, that that band didn't last long, but they were great. But yeah, Twelve Volt Negative Earth was a really really good band. Right. Yeah, and I, and I seem to remember did did they end up recording anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they put at least one record out, maybe more than one. Yeah, I kind of want to think that I remember seeing their albums like at least an EP and a full length mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. <clears throat> and those of us that were in the local scene here, the 12 volt was the band that everybody was like, they're going to make it out of here. They're going to get, right. they're going to they're sign and they're going to break big. And, and I thought they were going to break big because they were that good. But right. Nashville always had a, had a big st- stigma, especially back in those days. It was, we had some great like new metal and, and modern metal bands in the, like the early to mid two thousands. There was another mm-hmm. one called, um, Oh shit. Now, of course my mind's going to go blank, but they were fucking amazing. Um, and I even booked them. Why I can't remember their name right now. That's pretty sad. Um, uh, it'll come to me in a little bit, but they were, they were, nobody's going to know who they are anyway, but, uh, they were, I thought they were going to break big also. Okay. There was another one called Re- return to self. They were a big one that, Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a good scene here and a lot of bands that were really doing stuff that fit fit well with what was happening at the time. It just but everybody was like, oh, they're from Nashville, so screw them. That was kind of the, the viewpoint a lot of times. Hmm. That sucks. It's yeah. it's interest it's interesting that so many people have gone there though over mm-hmm. the course of what last 15 years, 20 years, would you say? Yeah. Um it seems as if the bigger bands getting attention out of Nashville are all bands that aren't originally from Nashville. Yeah. There's a lot of people that come here because of the industry and then they make it out of here, but right. Yeah. Not a lot of homegrown talent. Um, well, I'm sure the talents here, but it just seems like the, well, they're just as somebody that used to book local band, and obviously, and I'm not talking about Josh's band cause they work their asses off, but, um, but there was a lot of bands that were great bands that, uh, they wouldn't put the work in. So, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how good they were, they just expected someone to kind of come in and scoop them up and give them a record yeah, deal. Yeah. And 
and it doesn't work that way. You really have to hustle for it. So some, there was so, several bands where I think if they had put the work in and hustled more and schmoozed more, cause it, it's all about relationships. It's right. You can be amazing, but if you don't make those connections and network like you're supposed to, then you're not going to go anywhere. And that's the sad truth. Yeah. It's kind of a, a Cinderella train of thought. And I don't mean the band. I mean, the, the fable, you know, you're waiting for your Prince Charming to come along and sweep you off your feet. But the music industry isn't like that. You, you have to have a niche or you have to have something to really stand out from, from everything else to, to have something like that happen. If you're just, just another one of the, the bunch, you know, another one of the million bands that sound exactly like you will, what are you doing to separate yourself from the rest? And a lot yeah. of bands don't get that. And it's not a uh, rock and roll thing, but like I, I've, you know, there's several people that come to make it in country here and that, and it's even worse for them. You know, it's cause the amount of, right. the amount of competition is just astounding, especially in Nashville. But, you know, I've told people or I, I'll, I'll go, I'm still in like Nashville musician groups on Facebook and, Inevitably, you'll see people say, oh, I want to come to Nashville and I want to I want to make it in country music. And like, what's your advice? And a piece of advice I've given people that I see other people say is, well, when you go out to eat at a restaurant, the person serving you is probably more talented than you are. And remember that. Because, <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, the rest of why do you think Nashville has so many restaurants? Because they have so many musicians that need a job. I mean, it's. <laughs> If you want to play on lower Broadway and, and, you know, actually play like, you know, four to six hour sets of covers and stuff like that. And these honky tonks, Mm -hmm. you got to make some serious connections. And when you do start playing, you're going to get paid jack shit. You really got to work your way up. You do have to pay your dues here. That's still true. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's, that's almost a parallel to, you know, a lot of conversations that we've had regarding podcasting, how many people have thought that they were going to just jump on into podcasting and it was going to be gangbusters, you know, Oh, I've got, you know, millions of fans. I'm going to make all this money. And they just didn't put entertaining shows together, you know, just because you have a mic in front of you and you just sit and talk about yourself doesn't mean that you're, you're going to connect with your audience. You have to give them something something of entertain of an entertaining value. And I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that what I do is the, the greatest thing since sliced bread, but there, there are a lot of people and we've talked about this, you know, with the pandemic, there have been so many podcasts that have sprouted up. There have oh, been yeah. so many, you know, other different apps and different avenues to kind of sort of, you know, podcast, whether it's clubhouse, whether it's fireside, there's, there's a bunch of different things. And I, I think that once this is all done and we're seeing that bands are going to start touring again, a lot of bands that have podcasts were forced to do podcasts by their labels, you know, because they wanted to keep, you know, their names out there. I, I interviewed um, the Canadian band Sumo Psycho a few weeks ago. And it's amazing that they own a church in, uh, in Hamilton, Ontario. It's an old church. They bought Mm -hmm. it and they use it to shoot videos, to record, to do, I don't know how many things they do stuff with a lot of bands from Ontario as well, where they produce Mm -hmm. them or they help them shoot videos. 
but they haven't stopped at all during this whole pandemic. Obviously, they have the ability to, you know, they, they have property to be able to do it. But you also have to have that drive and creativity to want to do that stuff and to offer something to your fans and like realize, you know, kind of what you're saying, you know, if you don't hustle for it, there's, there's someone else out there that will do it. Oh, sure. You know, there, there's, there's so many bands that I've seen where I've read online. Yeah. We were, we finished our album, you know, a year and a half ago, but we're just sitting on things right now and we're going to wait until the pandemic is done to, to promote things or to do this or to do that. And it's like, what are you waiting for? You know, no social media presence, no nothing. So of course the label is forcing them to do something to continue their presence because if not. Yeah. Well, you can't, I mean, you can't, you can't view it through the old lens. I mean, the old lens was do an album and then tour on it. Well, it, you know, you can't tour right now, but at the same time, it's like, you've got more people at home with disposable time to listen right. to your stuff. I mean, fuck, look what ACDC did last year. I mean, they put out a brand new record in the middle of all this when they absolutely mm-hmm. couldn't tour. Yep. And the amount of press they got for that record was probably, that's the biggest press ACDC has gotten in what, 20 years it has to be. Right. Yeah. And, oh. but, but again, they went out of their way. They, they, they released what four videos for the album. No, they, they went did, all. They went full bore with the promotional part of yeah, it. Yeah, they did behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. They my my kids went apeshit because they were on Fortnite. They had an ACDC night on Fortnite where uh, they did like um, it was like some sort of a concert where they took like old live songs and they digitalized it so that like there was like an SG that appeared in the ACDC logo and it was playing. Music, you know, ACDC music while people were playing Fortnite in the background. Oh, my kids cool. went crazy for that stuff. So, you know, they had the presence of mind, too, as you're saying, you know, hey, we can't tour, but we've got this album. we got to promote it somehow. And true to yeah. form, if I'm not mistaken, they released that album in November and it was still one of the biggest albums of last year. Easily. Yeah. Well, and you know, this, it, this is going to sound funny. Because when you consider the previous track record, but, and this is, you know, probably more a product of his record company than anything, but Ace Fraley last year, I mean, with the amount of different, you know, colored disc and stuff for that E1 put out for his material, he, I bet you he cleaned up on that stuff. He had to, or at least the record company did, but like, or another good example is, uh, Michael Sweet with Striper, you know, Striper's not for everybody. But that that they stayed, they did like, you know, live interviews. They did like, like they think they played one of the albums from front to back live on a live stream. Right. You got to think outside the box, especially during a pandemic. You can't get out and play. So you might as well find other ways to entertain your audience. And, yeah, you know, I've told you about this before, but, in a, you know, a person I know in the record industry that works with a label that I'm not going to mention the name of. But this label has worked with, you know, a lot of bands we grew up on and mm-hmm. they, uh, and some of these bands would, you know, and, and the result, and he told me that the results you get, it depends on what you, what you, what you get out of it is what you put into it. And like, you can only expect the label to do so much for you. It's different times. Right. Labels don't have multi-million budgets anymore to market your stuff and get on, be like Stripe or get online and, you know, promote the hell out of your stuff and you'll see the results in your sales. But if you're a band from the eighties that 
the album gets put out and you just sit back and don't do any work to promote mm -hmm. it. Well, you know what your results are going to be? They're not going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, look what we're doing tonight. You're telling me that bands couldn't do this. They couldn't just go out and do like a, a live stream, have like once a month where it's just a question and answer or, you know, every Friday night for an hour, just chime in and talk about an album, talk about, you know, kind of what Bruce Kulick was doing initially. Mm -hmm. Bruce um, has done an amazing job over the past yeah. year. I mean, yeah, yeah, my hat's really off to him because he even learned the technology and he does his own editing and stuff. And yep. yeah, I mean, he's had, I've seen Bruce is more visible now than he was for the past 25 years. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, today is actually the passing of, or the one year anniversary of the passing of his brother yeah. of uh, Bob. Um, and we're in what we're approaching June. Uh, I was working on your website and there was a draft post from Adam Cox that was never posted. Really? Yeah. And it was something that he started, but the article wasn't finished. So instantly I saw that and I was like, wow, you know, it seems like eons now. From oh, when I have to go look at that. Yeah. When, when he was last with us, um, oh, he wow. was such an important part of, you know, what you do. He was a big proponent oh, of what I do. It was, yeah. he was huge and he's uh, v very much missed. You know, yeah. it's, it's interesting. I have Jeremy who's in the chat. Jeremy who's in the chat is from the UK as well. Similar mm -hmm. to, to Adam in his fervor and following of podcasts and really promoting stuff that he really enjoys. It's, it's really amazing how, you know, we talked about this last week. We did our Iron Maiden discography discussion, and I wanted to have Jeremy on because it was so different how Iron Maiden came about in the UK to how it came about with us in the States. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of the same thing where they grew up appreciating music and different things in a different fashion to how we did. So it also kind of translates how they get behind shows and bands and different things like that. So right. um, Adam, Adam was a great guy that left us all of a sudden, you know, he, he died in his sleep, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a heart issue. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was thinking about him the other day, but yeah, he, those are the people that, you know, you know, and like, you know, you and I and, you know, Aaron and everybody we that do these shows, like we don't view ourselves as, as having any kind of fame or notoriety or anything. And like, I don't, people that support us, I view them as friends, not as fans, you know, because we're right. all, we're all fans that we're fans that picked up microphones. I mean, that's, okay. and, and that's all we still are in my opinion, you know, and I, people that, you know, constantly share the links, David, Kathy, I got to see rock and Rose in the chat. You people like you guys, you know, you, you make it worth doing because mm -hmm. you know, it means the world to us that you guys appreciate what we do. And, uh, people like, and Adam was just truly one of those people and, yeah, you know, yeah. never asked for a dime for anything, but just loved what we did and wanted to share in that. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I miss him a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've I've said this to a lot of different people behind the scenes. Uh, one of the reasons why I ramped things back up with the podcast is doing these Friday night shows because just getting to interact with people and you know, it it definitely has lit a fire under me again, really made me appreciate stuff a lot more and and I'm so appreciative of 
you know, I say this week after week with my show, you know, last week's show was all about the patrons. They, the patrons that could make it were on the show with me discussing Iron Maiden. Um, I know that not everyone can, you know, give up two bucks because everyone is in a different situation. Times are tough, but it's just as important for people to like and the share and, you know, bug their favorite artists. Hey, so-and-so, you know, was talking about you, you know, in a positive way. Um, so, you know, go on this person's show. I'm sure you'll do a great interview, you know, things like that. Those are things that someone like an Adam Cox was doing, um, continuously. And, you know, and I always say it, and I don't mean it to bullshit anyone. I appreciate anyone who spends the time with me, whether it's live, whether they get to listen to the podcast, you know, afterwards or, or whatever. I'm just very grateful for, you know, almost 12 years into this, that people still give a crap to want to spend some of their time with me to hear me blab about music and, you know, maybe talk to, uh, you know, uh, talk to someone that's known or just have a great conversation about whatever with someone like you. So, um, I'm I'm very grateful for for everyone's support. So, and just for the record, Victor was the first podcaster that I ever actually talked to when I was <laughs> thinking about getting into it. Yes, I, I had and his seen... advice was don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the 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 the, pro- the problem was the time that you hit me up was around the time, and I will always say this: Chris will always remember, and it's funny because. Oh. From, from an economic standpoint, where maybe <laughs> I have always struggled, you've had better fortunes than I have. Um, yeah, I'm really rolling in the money, Victor. <laughs> well, let me let me put it to you this way: in twelve <laughs> years, in twelve years, I've maybe made fifty bucks off of Amazon. Well, at least you're still on Amazon. I got kicked off. I read my emails, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> No, but no, they kicked me off without warning, actually. They actually, around the time that you guys got kicked off, like for three months before that, they were sending out emails saying you need to have this specific wording when bringing up link. I I never got that. That's in that double secret spam filter. No, 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 no. I believe (laughs) me. I really researched this because... We were selling a lot of product for those guys. And I was yeah. like, how are you going to kick us off? We were like, we were like, we were selling a lot of money worth of advertising, you know, a lot of products for them. And we made a little bit of not, we didn't make a lot, but, but it was still cool. To, it was cool to read the list of what people bought and everything. And it just so, like out of nowhere, you're gone. And I, and I, 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 you know, I, uh, I scrounged through all of my email for that. They didn't send me any warning. It's just an email out of nowhere. You're done. I was like, really? Yeah. Scrooge McDuck over here is is saying that he was never rolling in the money while in 12 years, 50 bucks. No lie. Okay. I've I've been at the I've been at like the $86 threshold for for like seven years where it's like, well, no, this doesn't qualify. Well, actually, this, you know, even though this costs someone eight hundred dollars, you're only getting two and a half cents for it. You know, there's all this like craziness behind oh, how yeah. they split things up. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, but 
Because Amazon knows how to make money for themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. But what I'm getting at is kind of the conversation that I mentioned before. I had like the day that you contacted me or the day before where someone said, literally, I sold X amount of albums in the 80s. I have all of these fans. So I'm going to be making money with podcasting in no time. And they oh, I asked think I know me, who you're talking about. And, and, and I said, I said, well, I've been doing this. I think at that point I may have been doing it like about a year, a year and a half, somewhere, somewhere in that nature. Well, you had just started your show up and I'm about to hit 12 years and you're about to hit 10, right? We just passed the 10 year mark. Okay. So, so I was, when you contacted me, I was like 18 months, two years into the whole process. So it was around that time. And I told this person, I said, look, you may have sold a million albums, but 1% of those album buyers are your diehard audience. And I told him 1% of that 1% is going to be willing to spend money on you in, you know, 2011 at that point in time. And, um, and they got pissed off at me. They were like, oh, that, that you know, that can't be the case, blah, blah, blah. You know, and what ended up happening is this person actually never ended up doing a podcast. Mm. But they automatically thought that, oh, I'm going to be making this much money. And they told me it was so easy and it was this and it was that. And it's like we talked about before, unless you work it. You're not going to get squat out of it. Well, and, you know? and if you're going into it with the the subject, you know, with the motivation of just money, then mm -hmm. don't bother. It's not a, the, you have to enjoy what you're doing, build an audience. And then yeah. if you're lucky, money will come, but it, it can't be about money. It's, yeah. you know, that's the wrong way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also those that have made are those that are making big money off of this now. You know, a lot of people I know get on the case of like a Joe Rogan or, or stuff like mm -hmm. that. Let's be honest, folks. Any podcaster that's listening, Spotify comes to you right now and throws <laughs> not even Joe dollars. Rogan money. Let's <laughs> say Spotify comes to you and says, I want Decibel Geek to be a Spotify exclusive. We'll pay you a thousand bucks a month to be a Spotify exclusive. Thousand a month? Probably wouldn't do that. Five. That might push me in that direction. Yeah. Okay. So if you get to a number where it's comfortable enough for you, it's similar if to. Could, yeah. If I could give up my job, that, that would probably do it. Cause then <laughs> well, I could put that much more material out, you know? Right. So, so there are people complaining about what he took, but. Let's look at what he's done. But most people just say, oh, well, he's just a big mouth uh, podcaster. And I don't listen to Joe Rogan, but I admire I that. What's that? I used to listen to him a lot, but not, I haven't really so much since he moved to Spotify. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll still just watch YouTube clips and that's pretty much it. Right. Well, so he was a stand-up comedian. He did Fear Factor. And he was on he, um, that, UFC. Uh, he was, and he was on news, news radio news radio you know yeah so to my point he's worked a lot of years and garnered an audience before he came to podcasting 
Yeah, and he also garnered a lot of connections through those jobs that would that made guests for his early days. Correct. Yeah. So similar, you know, a lot of people bring up Marin. Similar deal. A yeah, lot of entertainer. People, yeah. Adam Carolla. Yeah, they, all, they all have an, they all had a built-in audience when they started. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So and I've had this discussion with many a podcaster behind the scenes. They're like, Well, why is he why does he have that audience? And and I want to build to that, but I you know, I'm not even scraping it. Well, because if you were on TV for 10 years, you've got millions of people that know who you are. Sure. You know, so if again, if 1% of that 3 million is 300,000 that are listening to your podcast, it's going to be easier for you to jump to a Spotify or to jump to all this other stuff as opposed to us that. <laughs> you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, um, we're, we're uh, it it'll be impossible for us to even come remotely close to that. Again, we're talking about Toomey before. Toomey will be out of our group, you know, of podcasters. Toomey's the closest to any of us that could possibly get somewhere th- that could possibly get to a tenth of what you know, an audience of what these people are getting. Yeah. But, I mean, no, there's, although my circle's a little different than it used to be. I mean, like I, like we joined Pantheon last year. So I've, mm-hmm. you know, made, made friends and connections with several of the the shows on that network. And they've got, there's some shows on that network that, you know, could break bigger, like um, rock and roll archeology. span And that's one of the founder shows. Okay. Um, that one's gotten like some major press and stuff, but yeah, I mean, if you're talking about like the original rock and pod kind of grouping of shows, yeah, I'd say yeah. to me, he's, he's up there. Yeah, for sure. Of course, you know, and I've always said, you know, rock and metal combat could do that. They could probably get much bigger, but that, that it would take motivation on their part to really work those angles and those, those uh, mm-hmm. connections, which they could, but it's like, I don't know that they choose to. I think they're happy with how things are and, and that's fine. Right. I love their show for what it is, but, uh, but as far as entertainment value, I think they're up there too. Yeah. I, I don't discount that at all. And it's, it's a similar, it's a similar deal to what we've been talking about. Still, if, if they're able to leverage their connections, I mean, look at everything that Ralph has done outside of that podcast. Yep. Absolutely. He's done to a be lot. a known entity, you know, he's done yeah. quite a bit. So, yeah. And I just, I don't know. I get, and I've told podcasters this for years, like I have people cutting, you know, I've got a show and I'm bummed and I can't, you know, I've got like 250 downloads, you know, per episode and, and they get bummed about that. And, but I try to, you know, and this is some, some advice somebody gave to me when I started out was, well, don't view it as a digital number. View it as you're standing in front of a room of 250 people. Mm. I mean, it's it's essentially the same thing because those people chose to download and listen to your show. Right. It's no different than, than them showing up to see you speak live. Mm. And when you look at it that way, it, it kind of gives you a better perspective of, well, that's actually a pretty good sized room full of people. So I shouldn't right. view it as nothing because it is something, you know. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. So, um in any event, as per what usually happens, we've gone over the one hour limit that I had promised that we would keep it Oof. to. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've had fun. As as have I. 
Um, any last this plugs? Short, well, for you and me, this is a short conversation, so it's no big deal. Yeah, absolutely. This is like a regular conversation. This, again, we always say this when, when me and Chris get together. It is like a uh, fly-on-the-wall conversation. This is what our regular phone calls are like, so... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to plug that we didn't bring up during the episode? Well, just uh, get all the details. Go to come to Rock and Pod. It's uh, August sixth through the eighth in Nashville. Go to rockandpod.com or nashvillerockandpodexpo.com and uh, stay tuned for updates. Look us up on the uh, on Facebook. That's the main place you can get updates. But um, more guest announcements coming next week and some other st- cool stuff too. But uh, yeah, as many of you that can make it in August, uh, we'd love to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And one year, Victor is going to actually come. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to see if we can make that happen. Well, if I can, if I can sell enough websites, if people okay. see the Rock and Pod site and like what they yeah. see, you know, you need a website. Let me know. You need yeah, a website. Me, I'll, <laughs> I'll let me you give up. you. Let me give you credit. Yeah, if you, if you've checked out the Rock and Pod site, you see all the how amazing it looks. That's because of this guy here, not because of me. So uh, he he's done a lot of great work on it, and he's dealt with my uh, neurosis and uh, <laughs> and uh, insanity at times. And uh, he, you're good. You're a good friend and a and a great uh, a, a great IT person for us. So uh, yeah, without you, a lot of this would not run the way it does. Well, I I appreciate that and. I can still remember the initial conversation with you to try to move in this direction. So it was cool that we were actually able to make it happen. And, and it, you know, you tweak the ideas from year to year, but we, you know, it's still kind of the, the, the original kind of format that you wanted to go with, but I think it looks cool, looks respectable. And, and I think when we first started talking about building the site, we were looking at other things. And one of my, one of the ideas that I had was let's build something more professional looking and something that doesn't look like anything else. Right. Because yeah, uh, Victor stopped me from building a Wix site for the rock and Pod expo. That's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've talked to many people about that, but I don't know if, uh, or not talk to them about not going the Wix route, but yeah, it hasn't worked as well as it did with you. So <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't make that mistake. (laughs) There you go. So awesome. Uh, I want to thank everyone that's joined us in the chat tonight from Rob Rowe to David, uh, Kathy to Jeremy Wellman. I saw earlier, I saw Jose from Connecticut. I saw the metal dentist, Gabriel Ruiz, who was the anonymous Facebook, uh, messenger before. And uh, I want to thank anyone else that, again, watches this or listens to this later in the Memorex version. And um, that's that. Thanks for joining us tonight. We hope uh, you enjoyed this uh, uh, discussion between Mr. Sinzak and myself. And uh, again, go to Rock and Pod if, if you're looking for any information about the expo, you're kind of on a fence, just go to either the Facebook or go to NashvilleRockandPodExpo.com and um, check it out. Uh, That is it, folks. Thanks once again for spending your Friday night with me and hope you guys all have a great weekend. See you guys. See you.
Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 